Hey y'all, DJ Louie here, just dropping a preview of our latest Pop Pantheon All Access episode. As many of you know, Nicki Minaj dropped her fifth studio album, Pink Friday 2, last Friday. So I invited Hung Up's Hunter Harris on the show to break down this record, what's working, what's not, and whether Nicki working in an album format is a worthwhile pursuit at all. If you enjoy this preview, you can listen to the rest of the episode by going to patreon.com slash poppantheon or by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode to subscribe and you'll get the rest of this plus at least three bonus episodes of this show per month. So here's a preview of my conversation with Hunter Harris. Okay, so I'm here with writer and creator of the legendary Substack Hung Up. It's Hunter Harris. Hunter, welcome back to the show or welcome to the Patreon show. Thank you. I am so excited to talk today. I'm very excited to talk today and I think we both have a lot to say say on this, I say with trepidation. (laughs) (laughs) I think to get into the topic today, the first thing I want to do is sort of like situate us a little bit in the last few years of Nikki and what that's been like. So in your estimation, and we can talk musically, celebrity wise, pop star wise, however we want to pull this apart, how would you characterize the last, let's say, five years of Nicki Minaj since Queen? Like, what has that been like for her as a musician? And what has that been like for her sort of public persona in your mind? When I'm thinking about, like, most general, I see her as, like, transitioning from a sort of rap girl competitor to almost, like, elder stateswoman. Mm. In the sense that around the time of Queen, I mean, that's when we were seeing, like, the entrance of like Cardi B, like that whole feud was like at its, I would say most fiery where then she got married, then she had a baby and she has kind of like pulled back a little bit more and relaxed a little bit over these five years, I think. Does that feel right to you? Like in 2018, it's like Nikki was always in something. She was always in drama. She was always going viral. And over the years, I feel like she's kind of pulled back a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a quieter phase, musically speaking. Although she's constantly omnipresent at the same time, I feel like just in terms of like features and she makes sure that she's still with us. But I think the thing that interests me more, I think, relates to, I guess, in two sort of veins related to what you said about her becoming like a elder stateswoman, which is like her sort of celebration or almost like desire to be seen that way and to be respected that way by a new generation of female rappers. And then I guess perhaps what I've sort of myself clocked and I curious what your take would be on sort of like a growing sense of aggrievement. I mean, I think that's been going on a lot in the latter part of her career, but a sense of she is constantly responsive to enemies real and imagined who are threatening her position in rap or who are entering her orbit and not kissing the ring in the way that she would want to be respected. A feeling that I guess maybe overall that she's not being respected in the way that she wants to be. That's an overall feeling I've gotten persona-wise with Nikki as time has gone on, sort of a an increased minimalizing of the sort of like zany, fun-loving version of her that we met, I think, initially, and a growing sense of, I don't want to say bitterness because it sounds gendered and like sexist, but a feeling of aggrievement is the best thing that I can think about. Does that ring true to you yes, at all? Absolutely. But see, that I guess that is why this album was so not what I was expecting, I guess, because mm. I totally think that. I mean, the fact that it's like every other week, it's like Nikki will work with someone and then turn on them. Like there's always yes. some kind of push and pull where right. I'm even thinking like Megan Thee Stallion, of course, yes. where yes. will 
you know, be very close to them, mentor them. They'll have a hit song together maybe, or she will do a feature for them or something like that. And then it's like, they haven't kissed the ring enough and she kind of sours on them. I'm now specifically of a very good example of this, although it's happened many times, is Lotto leaking that phone call where it's like, it's even unclear like what the situation, like what the issue between them is. Lotto is like being very deferential. She says, I talk about you in every interview. I feel like I pay my respects to you in every single way. And yet you're like being mean to me on Twitter right now. Like I don't Mm -hmm. even understand happening and nikki is like okay well if you be that way that's fine is that really how you feel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes exactly and doja being i think another example of this where doja has consistently sort of big upped nikki and they collaborated nikki was you know a crucial part in doja scoring her first number one which coincidentally also in the strangest twist of fate ever was also nikki minaj's first number one single which was the say so Mm -hmm. remix which is really more of a commentary on like the false algorithm of the billboard charts over the last 15 years than like anything real about Nikki because obviously she should have been having number ones before that. But then sort of there feels like there's sort of like a frosting of their relationship to one another in a weird way at the same time. So it's a consistent thing and it's it's interesting to me because it speaks to like, you know, specific narratives in female rap that I think generationally separates Nikki from like the sort of new generation that sort of exists entirely in her wake but to whom she seems to have like a very brittle relationship to. Like when Nikki was coming up in the late August in the early 2010s, you know, she was the product of a rap world that was very inhospitable to female rappers. And I think that really defined a lot of her ascent early on was this conceit that like there could only be one or even if there was any at all, there could really only be one who had the spotlight. And she so kind of masterfully maintained that centrality as the female rapper through the first half of her career with very little true competition. I mean, who came close to her before the rise of Cardi B really in terms of like actually reaching the, the heights that she did in terms of both her rap career and her pop career and the way that she balanced the two things. I mean, there was a certain messiness to that, but a genius to the way that she sort of pulled that all off. And then it sort of feels like in an era of her career, I have felt like where she should be sort of taking a victory lap for the way that she clearly like altered the landscape. And now there's a situation where in large part, because of what she did and the doors that she broke down, there is a thrive ecosystem of female rappers that exist in her wake but yet it feels that she has this brittle relationship to them that sort of prevents her I feel like from ascending fully to the elder stateswoman thing that I think you're gesturing at which is like she is that but yet I don't feel like she's able and I will talk about how I feel like this manifests on the album to sort of like ascend to that sort of Beyonce level of like I am now kind of above all of this I'm the biggest version of what all of this could be I'm proud of all of my children but like I also kind of do things that are grander than any of them could imagine at this point and I feel like she's felt bogged down to me by this sense of aggrievement I think that's the thing that I feel like I want to sort of say from my perspective yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I totally, I completely agree with you. But like, it's so incongruous to me that she can be on the internet, like boxing with mm-hmm. girls. And right. by girls, I mean, any, everyone on the internet at times, or sometimes just one specific fan base or whatever. But then at the same time, when I hear this album, I hear, oh, this is someone who really is not trying to like go head to head with Cardi B or go I see. head to right. head with these other girls in a way that I find that I was surprised by. I think that mm. a, lot, a lot of stuff on this album, which I know that we'll get into this, but a lot of this album does 
feel closer to like some kind of strange victory lap in which she is not necessarily like claiming herself as the winner. Like she's still kind of the underdog, but at the same time, she is like the mother and the wife Mm. Mm. is not really going bar to bar with someone like Lotto, Sexy Red, any of these, who she totally could. I mean, she is a better rapper than almost anyone else male and female like agree yeah i don't really hear that on this album i do hear like a lot of pop stuff i hear a lot mm. of trying to be more of like the fun loving nikki from pink mm. which is what makes it album so surprising yeah that's you know what that is so interesting now that you're framing it that way i think that's interesting because i hadn't thought about pink friday too. again so let's set this up so we're talking now of course about pink friday too which is Nicki minaj's fifth studio album which came out on friday it's her first in five years since 2018's queen and i'm really interested in your framing of that because i think that is actually really true and that not necessarily a lens i had thought about this through but it's very much a Nicki minaj album in a way that like is very signature to her you know i was thinking about the way that like Nicki Minaj functions as an album artist and it's always been like a little bit perplexing to me because I think in some ways like Nicki Minaj's like legacy ultimately is going to be the sort of prolific run of features that have defined a lot of her best work right I you tweet this and I felt like so validated because I yeah. feel like I've been saying this since literally I was in high school like Nicki Minaj right. is so good on features right. and her albums really are sort of inconsistent and I'm saying inconsistent within the album itself yes sort of right a little bit aimless right you can see her reaching a lot of different directions but i feel like all of those charting numbers all of that kind of like gameplay falls off whenever she can just get on a feature and it's like right. her motorsport feature is still one of my favorite nikki features like of course yes she's- and kanye should be taken to the yeah. hate not releasing that feature <laughs> you may fuck me you fuck the old body you may fuck nikki you fuck nicole body I saw it on the track list of his like new collaborative album with Ty Dollar Sign. Oh no way! It's so yes. f- as if we haven't already run it up on YouTube, <laughs> um, SoundCloud. Literally, ever was able. See what a bitter man. <laughs> like that is really like the Nikki where she truly shines, and that's a talent in itself to be able to take someone else's song and really make oh, your sure. the star of it. I'm a Leo. I respect that. But yeah, yeah your own music, it is kind of like whenever the production and the musicality, it all just becomes kind of a mess sometimes in a way that like yes. every, every one of her albums I feel like is way too long. Always like a few curious features that never make sense to me. <laughs> Tell me about what you think about this because I was sort of trying to contextualize Pink Friday 2 and like the Nicki album over. So, okay. I do ultimately feel like at the end of the day, Nicki Minaj's legacy is the feature run. That was just a preview. If you want to hear the rest of that episode, plus at least three bonus episodes of this show per month, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash poppantheon or by clicking the link in the show notes of this episode.